0: Welcome to I Need Some Air, Bending, a Last Airbender fan cast from someone who's seen the show before, and someone who has not.
1: I'm Landon Ferguson, and I'm Michael Williams. In this episode, we see some time has passed since episode 18, and Katara has developed into Master Paku's star student. Sokka and Princess Yue have spent a bit more time together, but Yue tells Sokka, we can't spend any more time together because I like you, and I'm engaged to marry someone. Admiral Zhao's armada finally arrives, and they start attacking. We see Aang, Katara, Sokka all do their part to help. In Admiral Zhao's ship, we see Zuko is still in disguise as a Fire Nation guard, and he and I were working on a plan to go capture the Avatar. The northern tribe has taken up the battle station and the raids beginning and Aang and Appa are are doing their best to help disable the ship but they are overwhelmed at the size of the fleet. And we see the chief is now organizing a secret mission to infiltrate the fire navy and Sokka volunteers but he clashes with one of the soldiers in the tribe who he realizes is Princess Yue's future husband. Eventually, Sokka is kicked off the mission because the chief wants Sokka to guard his daughter. After a full day of fighting, the Fire Navy stops because the Water Tribe gets their power from the moon. Aang decides, I need more help to defeat the Fire Nation. So he goes into the Spirit Realm to converse with the previous avatars. And that's when Zuko comes in and finds Aang. Zuko captures Aang's unconscious body... And he escapes with him. At the same time, Admiral Zhao is now attacking the Northern Water Tribe again. Alright. So, give me your initial thoughts on this episode, Michael. It's good. It's very good. Better than good. It's great. I kind of enjoyed like the little tidbits we would get in this episode. It was a very action-packed episode. Unlike the other action-packed episodes, there was a, also a good bit of story within this one. So it was a very healthy mix. Uh, I did like the elaboration. though The Water Tribe draw some of their powers from the moon, and the Fire Nation draw some of their powers from the sun. I thought that was a nice little tidbit to add on. There's just a lot in this episode from a lot of the main characters that I just enjoyed, and I think we're going to get into all of them.
0: Let's talk about Katara. Yeah. So we don't get a timeline. We don't know how long that it's been. But it's long enough that Katara is now mastering the class with Master Paku.
1: I assume it has maybe been five minutes.
0: <laughs> no way. She's got a brand new coat. It's at nah. least been ten minutes.
1: She is that good. But yeah, it's been a while. And yeah, Katara's really coming to her own. I guess what Master Paku makes note of is that she's more determined. Mm-hmm. And he also makes a note that Aang didn't try too hard. He started relying on his raw talent. Mm -hmm. A little bit of an attack on Aang, but you know it it was probably well-deserved.
0: Yeah, Aang might lack a little bit of the practice that Katara has now because he was able to pick it up so quickly, but she's maybe spent more time with it, so she might actually be a better waterbender than him.
1: Yeah, but we know time has passed, and we know Katara has advanced significantly. And she is quite a worthy opponent in this episode.
0: Yeah, even for Zuko. At the end of the
1: episode, she has a really nice fight with Zuko. And thinking back on it, when they're fighting, all of a sudden it turns into uh, day. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, did they fight like throughout the night? Yeah. Oh. It seems
0: like a bit of a short night, but I do think there's enough room in there for a bit of a time skip. Because... A lot of the soldier infiltration planning and like the sharpening of weapons and stuff, some of the soccer scenes, happen all during that night. So when you look back, more plays out in that night than it feels like. Yeah. It is fast, but it's a
1: 22-minute show. Yeah. All right, well, assuming that the sun comes up at 6 a.m., I think we can infer that around midnight or 1 o'clock or so, Ang went to the spirit world, and that's when Zuko found him. So they they probably fought for a good five or six hours. Okay. It's my headcanon.
0: Well, I actually looked into how long nights are at the North Pole. That's. I think that's definitely a more scientific
1: way of looking at it.
0: And apparently the night times are the longer part of it. So yeah, they would probably have to have been fighting for <laughs> at least 12 <laughs> hours.
1: I don't know. why I, I thought they were going to be shorter. <laughs>
0: Me too. <laughs> they fought
1: for a full 24 hours.
0: It's funny, I actually, as I was typing it into Google, I was like, how long are nights at the North Pole? Google finished my sentence with, in the last
1: airbender. (laughs) So this this is a topic that has been greatly debated. It would seem so. So, alright, they fought for a long time.
0: And I liked that uh, Zuko noticed that she had been training, and that she's obviously found a master and everything it was it was kind of nice to see him realize he underestimated her and was slightly perturbed at her skill now
1: also very respectable of um zuko he gives credit where credit is due
0: yeah yeah i think it speaks to his character Well, let's get into zuko while we're on this subject because he's got a pretty good bit of screen time in this episode by himself Mm-hmm. we see him have a, an interaction with Iroh before he leaves the ship, and it's almost played out like a goodbye. Yeah. Because, obviously, Zuko does not intend to return to the ship where Iroh is.
1: Alright. So, yeah, we saw Zuko. He got in a little tiny, almost like a kayak or something, little tiny boat, and he made his way to the Northern Water Tribe. And he managed to discover, I think, like some turtle seals or something Mm -hmm. seals with turtle shells yeah and he saw them go into a tunnel with water in it and said okay they must come up for air somewhere and so he just decided to jump in and swim through this tunnel which props to zuko i could never do that
0: this infiltration scene was really intense and went on for a while he'd go in one water tunnel and make it to the other end to get some breath and then go in one more water tunnel and he found yep. an air pocket, and then he had to dive back down again just mm-hmm. to find another area where he had to melt through the ice. Yeah,
1: I wrote down, Zuko is sneaking into the Northern Water Tribe. He swims a lot, like a lot a lot. <laughs> then he finally makes it into the Northern Water Tribe, into, mm-hmm. uh, right next to the canal. I was shocked he didn't just come out of the canal, but he just managed to make his way into the, one of the buildings right next to the canal.
0: Into a drainage pipe or something. Yeah, that was interesting, I guess. He got trapped under ice, which made for a very, a much better scene, I guess.
1: Yeah. To have
0: to melt his way through.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I just thought the logical conclusion with it was that he would come out of the canal.
0: Yeah, I'd never thought about it. I mean, that's a good point, I guess. We see Zuko defeat Katara when the sun comes back up and manages to get away with Aang.
1: Yeah. It looks like they're just, instead of heading out the entrance of the Mm -hmm. Northern Water Tribe, he just goes up over the cliffs.
0: Yeah, it seems like he's headed more north, get as far away from Zhao as possible.
1: With Aang, who is still in the spirit world. And I, I think we should transition to Aang now. Pretty pivotal moments for him in this episode. We see him
0: in Master Paku's class, and he's able to make himself into a snowman with very little effort. So clearly he's gained some new tricks in the however many weeks it's been. Yeah. But then we don't really see him again until the Fire Nation siege begins. Yeah. And he instantly takes up the responsibility and compares it to when the Air Nation was attacked. He said, I wasn't there the first time. I'm going to make a difference this time.
1: Yeah, he takes a good deal of responsibility for this fight. It's a really big moment of growth for Aang. Kinda compared to his journey in the season. It's kinda where he's fully accepted the responsibilities or almost at least of his role as the Avatar, recognizing that this is one of the things that the Avatar would do, so now I must do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we see him go after the like an I guess it was an early scout ship or something. It was very much ahead of the Armada. But we see him go and take out one of the catapult battleships and does it fairly efficiently using the catapults to smash into the ship itself. And I mean, it's not effortless by any means, but he's able to do it. And we see him come back later back to the behind the wall Mm -hmm. and says he took out a dozen, but clearly it's been, you know, however long it's been, it's been long enough that he's worn out. And he said, I barely made a dent. Yeah. And I thought we got a really nice moment when UA tries to push him, like, but you're the avatar. He said, I'm just one kid. Yeah. Reminding us again that, yeah, he's still just 12.
1: And that's when he decides that I need more help. So he decides to go into the spirit world to try and converse with the other avatars.
0: Did he say other avatars?
1: Because he's just looking for more spirits, right? I
0: can't, I don't remember that well. I assumed. I feel like this, this plan sort of came out of nowhere. He's just thinking like, I can go ask the spirits for help and maybe they'll, you know, send a big spirit attack on the Fire Nation or something. It seems like a long shot because they don't really have any experience or knowledge about this to go on other than Aang's accidentally been to the spirit world before.
1: It's probably, it probably reads more like. He's grasping at straws. So he needs all the help he can get. Yeah, okay. And that, that's how it felt to me where it's just like I, I took out a dozen of those ships. Every one I take, there's two more. So I, I can get the sense that he's feeling overwhelmed. So I need more help, and the only way I know how to get more help is if I just go into the spirit world. Uh, talk to Avatar Roku or wh- whoever, whatever spirit may be able to help me. Because, uh, oh yeah, I think Katara and Yue made the note that, oh, you can go in there and get more wisdom. And he said, or oh, I can find someone to do this for me. And they looked at him and said, oh yeah, I guess, I guess more wisdom. So it looks like that's the reason why he's going into the spirit walls. I, I need, I need some, at least some notes, some help here. Maybe they, the spirits don't have to actually do anything, but maybe they can give him some, some wisdom.
0: Yeah, okay, that makes a little more sense when you lay it out like that. Yue takes him to this spiritual pond, this spring that they have, very spiritual location for him to meditate at, and we see a koi fish pond with two koi fish in it, a black and white one swimming around in circles, and while Aang is watching these fish just swim around, he sort of gets like hypnotized in this trance and again just accidentally falls into the spirit world even though he was trying on purpose when it actually happened it was an accident and they made the point that his body is his way back to the physical realm and that as long as they don't move it he'll be okay but zuko now has his body and is carrying it further north so ang's looking at some trouble coming back
1: Mm-hmm. yeah good bit of trouble
0: so with that, let's move on to Sokka.
1: Yeah, Sokka.
0: We catch up with Sokka, and he's still hanging out with Yue, even though she's engaged. And we see that he's having a great time, but she's starting to feel guilty about hanging out with him. Yeah. And he tries to cheer her up by taking her, introducing her to Appa, and takes her on a flight. And while they're up in the air, that's when they notice the ash falling from the sky. And Sokka instantly recognizes what it is because he saw the same thing when his tribe got attacked.
1: Yeah, the soot mixed with snow. Mm-hmm. And then they headed back to the Northern Water Tribe. And that's kind of when they're all evacuating or getting to shelter. That Yue finally tells him that they can't hang out anymore because she, yeah. she has grown to like him and it's not fair her to marry someone else while she likes soccer or for them to hang out and still be friends.
0: This next scene played out really weird because the chief of the Northern Water Tribe is talking to everyone, and he's letting them know that there's a fight coming and that people are most definitely going to die, but it's a fight for their future, and Sokka stands up to volunteer for this fight, and the scene is played like he did that because Yue shut him down. Did you, did you feel that way? Because it's weird to me because I feel like Sokka would have volunteered for the fight anyway.
1: I, I also think that he would have done that. It did fit his character to just go and do the fight. But I also got it as he needed to get away from Yue. And this was just kind of an easy way to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think Sokka would have signed up if he had known that Yue's fiance, Han, was going to be the leader of the mission. But to me, it still made sense for Sokka to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's a warrior at heart, and he wants to be a part of the fight. But he, it also could have been, I need to, I can't bear to be around UA at the moment, so I need mm-hmm. to get away, however I can.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right about that. It just seemed like the way they played it out was that he only volunteered to get away from UA. I don't know. I guess it, I mean, I guess it was just them trying to get both points across small nitpick just felt a little strange oh
1: i guess going back to han we see that Sokka and han have a little bit of a spat going on because we learn how that han doesn't really care for Yue that much Mm -hmm. as he described it he just views her as a a girl with perks yeah basically han says uh, the relationship with the chief is what i'm after and Sokka is of course very upset by that and just views Han as a jerk that who is not worthy of Yue. and they eventually it comes to a point where they they go they go to blows, and the chief tells Saka said Saka you're off the mission, and uh, we also find out it's because the chief wants Saka himself to protect Yue. and yes. I don't I don't know if the chief was catching on to the fact that Sako cared for his daughter. It just kind of seemed odd to me, at least, because we saw earlier in the scene that Han came out in fire navy um, armor, and Sokka pointed out like that's not what they wear anymore. That's outdated by like a hundred years. So it's to me it seemed very obvious that Sokka knew more, had more relevant information to lead this mission than Han does, and it, to me it would have made more sense for Han. To be the one to take off the mission and go protect Yue. Mm-hmm. So to me the only logical explanation is that the chief is noticing that Sokka cares for Yue and is probably a better person for his daughter than Han.
0: That's a really good point. I, I had the same thought I didn't I did not put all that together like you did. I did not remember this specifically, but when he pulled Sokka off the mission and told him to protect Yue, I did have the same thought, like, oh, I wonder if he knows they've been hanging out together. But I like your evidence that you pointed out.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm not one to make
0: baseless claims, Landon. So, yeah, okay. Yue's father's playing a little mind game here. I like it. Mm -hmm.
1: Do we see the the infiltration mission in the next episode? I don't remember. I, I thought...
0: I was under the impression that the infiltration mission got shut down because they don't have the correct armor. But they were still working on it, weren't they?
1: Yeah, they they were still working on it. And I don't know, it just kinda of seemed like okay, we, we spent a little time with this, then all of a sudden we just they stopped talking about yeah. it.
0: I think there is something about it in the next episode. I wanna say they don't just drop it cold. Because we also don't see Sokka's protection of Yue in this episode. Yeah, I think the last time we see Sokka is when he's given the mission.
1: Yeah. My, my guess is next episode, uh, Han come, comes, comes back, and it's just him. He's battered and bruised, and he sees Saga's. like, you were right, Sokka. The Fire Navy outfits were outdated. <laughs> they saw through us. Just had to try it anyway. Just had to try it. It's not important. I was just kind of like, uh, it, it seemed like it just got dropped.
0: Yeah, I want to say yes, there's something about it in the next episode. Alright, so I think that just leaves Zhao. We don't get a lot from Zhao, but he does drop... He drops a very interesting line, if you're listening to him. Iroh is mentioning to him that the sun is going down, and that they should wait for sunrise to continue attacking, because the Water Tribe draws their power from the moon, and it's almost a full moon. And Zhao says, Oh, I'm well aware of the moon problem. And that he says something along the lines of, He has a plan to deal with the moon.
1: He could probably figure out a way to block the moon. Mm hmm. Because I guess he just really doesn't want. I guess he wants to attack them 24 7. I mean, at the end of the episode, he, they got into the Northern Water Tribe. So they're yeah. really not gonna, going to be attacking them for much longer. It's a very short siege, it looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't expect you to guess what his plan for the moon is, but it's, I just wanted you to note that he has a plan.
1: Yeah, I, I did notice that, but it kind of went to the back of my mind once I saw the end of the episode and they got into the Northern Water Tribe. So, I, I don't know, I'm just not sure where that plan's going to go. So we don't get
0: a lot from Zhao in this one. Nope. Other than his, his small interactions with Iroh. And earlier in the episode, he compares this siege to Iroh's siege on Bossing And he said, this won't be like your failure at Bossing Say, And Iroh says, I hope not for your sake. And then a few scenes later, Mm-hmm iroh says that he
1: lost his son yep i did have that thought because they made mention of Ba say in this episode and then they also revealed iroh had a son and he lost him and i remember it was a previous episode that when iroh was a general he laid siege to basing say i it was an extremely large number of days like 600 yeah 600 days and part of me always thought, like, why do you give up after 600? Because that's, that's what, a year and a half, roughly? Yeah. Like a, a year and two-thirds. So if you're going that long, like, what would cause you to stop? And then with this episode, maybe it was the loss of his son. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe his son was a soldier in his army, and he lost him in the the siege of Ba Sing Se. But uh, I... I did not know if it if it was true. Is there an episode that reveals what happened at Bossing Say? Um
0: not in grand detail, like it won't be a full flashback or anything. Okay. It's just moments like this where you have to put together the subtleties of the show, which I applaud. Mhm. It's the writing that doesn't talk down to its viewers. Yeah. It's one of those things that you catch it eventually, if not the first time, you watch it the second, for sure. All right, well, let's talk world development. Mm Mm-hmm. We get a lot in this one. I would say
1: so, yeah. It's a decent amount.
0: Let's start with the fact that the benders get their power, specifically the fire and water benders, get their power from the sun and the moon. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a new revelation, correct? It is,
1: and they laid into it pretty heavily for the waterbenders, because I remember, I believe it was Princess Yue that told the story that they believed the moon was the first waterbender, and that's
0: where they, where they learned. They watched how it pushed and pulled the tides, and so mm-hmm. they copied it.
1: Yeah, and then Iroh makes mention to Ambrose Zhao, that the waterbenders are most strong at night with the power of the moon, especially a full moon. And I thought, you know, we're doing all this with the moon and the waterbenders. Do the firebenders have something with the sun? And we finally learn at the end when um, the sun rises and shines on Zuko and he breaks free of some ice that Katara mm-hmm. trapped him in. So And he makes mentions, like, your powers are with the moon, mine are with the sun. Yeah. Which I, I was not expecting that revelation this late in the game. But uh, I th- I thought it was a nice one. It's very much
0: an equal and opposite theme, much like the yin and yang symbol we see with the koi fish. Mm-hmm. It's a very cohesive episode structure, I guess.
1: Yeah, I-, I would say so. Especially for part one of a part of a two-parter.
0: Yeah, being this specific theme, I think will differentiate it from the next episode, like. Even though they're part one, part twos, because it's this grand finale, the episodes themselves stand alone in their themes. hmm Small thing, and we made a mention of it, the Fire Nation uniforms have changed. I think he says they're 83 years old? 85. 85? They have the shoulder spikes on them and everything? Yep. So the Fire Nation uniforms change... Or have changed. And it's a, it's a nice subtlety to the hundred years that it's been. Yeah. And speaks to how absent the Northern Water Tribe has been from the front lines. Mm-hmm. Not only do they have a suit that is really old, but they haven't been anywhere near the new ones to realize that it's outdated.
1: Yep. They have been very isolated. Mm-hmm.
0: And I guess to that, also, why the Fire Nation hasn't attacked the Northern Water Tribe in 100 years.
1: Well, I think, I think they made mention of it in the last episode where they said there's so much ice around the Northern Water Tribe, I guess in the oceans, that getting there has just been really difficult. And also, I don't think they've really had a reason to go there and attack not a good enough reason to divert all of their attention to the northern water tribe other than the avatar is now there
0: that makes sense too because i guess if they're they're so far away so removed from the front lines and they're not interfering you don't really have to attack them yet they're just focusing on the earth kingdoms and the the places nearest the fire nation as they spread outwards yeah
1: Something that Admiral Zhao said that I found was interesting is that they were about to destroy the last of the Water Tribe civilization. Mm Mm-hmm. And I I just kind of had to notice, is that that true? Is that really the last of the Water Tribe? Is the Northern Water Tribe? Or I I guess civilization, specifically.
0: Yeah, I guess there could be some people spread out, just scattered about, but as far as actual tribes... Yeah, it's ju- it would just be the North and the South, and they've already conquered the South.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's really the only notion of world-building I, I notice in this episode.
0: Alright, let's discuss plot development, because we are in the thick of it now.
1: Yeah, we are, we are definitely in the thick of it. Well, I guess the biggest thing is that Zuko now has the Avatar. I think that's the biggest plot development.
0: So it's interesting now. We're in a transition point because the whole plot throughout the show so far has been getting Aang to the North Pole. And that's done. As far as, you know, where we're at now, Aang, Katara, and Sokka have no goal. You know, they're where they're supposed to be, learning water bending and being at the North Pole. However, with Zuko... His plot hasn't changed. It still captured the Avatar to regain his
1: honor. Yeah. Now he has to return the Avatar. Return the Avatar.
0: So, yeah, we're seeing multiple characters' plot wrap up. Mm-hmm. And so now we have to see where this story wraps up and then follow a new plot into the next season. So as far as plot development goes,
1: we're finishing it. Yeah, I, I still can't believe we have one episode and then... They're going to be starting, I assume they'll be starting off in a new setting with a new purpose.
0: I mean, there's no reason to play dumb. It's to
1: learn earthbending in the next one. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. Has Aang officially mastered waterbending? Because we don't really see that in this episode.
0: Yeah, I think in terms of their goal to find him a teacher and learn waterbending, yes. He's done. All right. It was represented more in Katara, but I think that was more because it means more to her, I think. It's what she's wanted all her life to learn, waterbending. And with Aang, it was more of he just had to. So I think that's why we we see it more in Katara's character. I'm not going to say Aang doesn't have more to learn, but I think, yeah, it's just sort of implied that he's done with that part. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, I hope it all wraps up nicely. All right, well, with that, Michael, tell us what our next episode is about. All right, Landon, our next episode is going to be the Siege of the North Part 2. As Admiral Zhao's army continues its assault on the beleaguered Northern Water Tribe, Sokka, Katara, and Yue try to retrieve Aang from the Spirit World. So I guess that means that Sokka, Katara, and Yue are going to Follow Zuko.
0: Yeah, this actually brings up an interesting thought. Things to look forward to that were left out of this episode. We saw Aang enter the spirit world, but nothing of it. We saw Sokka tasked with protecting Yue, but nothing of it yet. Zuko making off with Aang's body. Zhao has a plan to deal with the moon and an entire war to be fought at the Northern Water Tribe. So, there's going to be a lot to cover in the next episode. Yeah. It is a part two, if I've ever
1: seen one. Yeah. A lot to cover, you know. Does the cabbage salesman come back? Does he gain ultimate power?
0: If the cabbage salesman has made it to the North Pole, I would like to buy one of those cabbages, please. Because that is determination.
1: Are, are Are you only going to buy one? Like, you gotta buy a whole patch.
0: Oh, believe me, I won't be the only person impressed with his travel skills.
1: I tell you, man, Cabbage Salesman, he is the ultimate villain.
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Join us next time as we discuss Episode 20, The Siege of the North, Part 2. Men, you'll be infiltrating the Fire Nation Navy. That means you'll all need one of these uniforms.
1: (laughs) What's your problem?
0: Fire Navy uniforms don't look like that. Of course they do. These are real uniforms captured from actual Fire Navy soldiers. When? Like a hundred years ago? Eighty-five.